I went to the BMV this week mm-hmm. because months ago, uh, so I had a change of address that I put off for a while. Yeah. So months and months ago, I went to the BMV to get a new license with the updated address. Mm-hmm. Paid the nine or ten dollars or whatever. They gave me a temporary license. They said it'd be mailed to me. Yeah. That's the end of the story. That's good. No, no, no. <laughs> so, so I kept waiting, kept waiting, kept waiting. Mm-hmm. Still carrying around the temporary one that they print out for me in my wallet. Yeah. And so I finally went and I was like, hey, uh, you know, got the ticket, everything. Uh, it's my turn. Hey, got a new license, requested a new license, didn't get it. All right, let me see your license. So I give them my license that I've been carrying around and the temporary one. Mm-hmm. Give it to them. Um, the, you know, 12-year-old girl at the counter is like, okay, well, uh, we can get you a new one ordered. It'll be $11 or whatever. Wait, so you went in to get a license. They gave you a temporary one. Mm-hmm. The new license was supposed to be in the mail? Correct. And then you never got After it. After months, I'm like, where the hell is this new license? Mm-hmm. Like months and months. Like to the point where I gave up and I was like, it's obviously not coming. Right. So I go in. She's like, uh, yeah, it'll be 11 more dollars. I was like, um, maybe you missed the part when I said I didn't get it. I already paid for a new one. Mm-hmm. Didn't get another one. Uh, yeah, but you still have to pay for one. I said, hold on, I already paid for one. And didn't receive it. And didn't receive it. Yes. That is what, that's how that transaction was supposed to work. Mm-hmm. I pay, I get one. That right. didn't happen. Well, you still have to pay. Okay. Well, so they like, she'd already handed paperwork for somebody to check. Like that's how the BMV in Indiana works where yeah. <clears throat> there's like supervisors walking around behind them. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, can I ask one of whoever you handed the paperwork to if I have to pay again? So she grabbed one of them. They did something magical and then I didn't have to pay for it. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. A week later, new one shows up in the mail. Nice. Like, finally. Thank you. Indiana BMV. They took care of me fine. Mm-hmm. And so I pull out my license that was in my wallet right. to shred it because mm-hmm. now I have the one the correct updated address. Correct. Yes. And I realized that the one that I was in my wallet the whole time. <laughs> you fucking idiot. <laughs> and the one that I handed them at the BMV had obviously had the right updated address. So at some point it showed and I did the switch in my wallet. I have zero recollection <laughs> of doing it, uh, but I actually it. went to the BMV, handed them the ID that I said that I never got <laughs> the driver's <laughs> license that I was telling them that they didn't get. They didn't look at the address. The supervisor that came over to override, cause <laughs> like I'm telling them that this doesn't exist, that I never got it. And I literally had handed the thing that I said that I didn't get to them. Oh, you <laughs> moron. That is such a great story. So. <laughs> oh, so that was a waste of time. And, <laughs> and I, I, so didn't, a, I, know, didn't deserve a, I didn't deserve a free one. <laughs> no, you didn't. You didn't. Oh, you just cost them like $3. I did. Oh, yeah. So that was. That's our government tax money you just wasted. I didn't. There was. I was really annoyed when they were like, that'll be 11 more dollars. And I'm like, are you serious? I didn't get the first one. But I did. And I 
like I definitely remember going through the effort of like cutting this one up with mm-hmm. scissors and stuff. I have zero recollection of opening that piece <laughs> of mail, putting it in my wallet, taking out the previous one, any of that stuff. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> sorry, Indiana PMV. They took care of me. <laughs> Didn't need to. Unjustifiably so. My complaint was invalid. That's all right. You took away. You took away money from our competitors. From our competitors, I, I work in the industry. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We just we don't have Indiana. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we watched Saw Four. We did. What did you think about Saw Four overall? I thought it was a much better movie than Saw Three. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> That wasn't as seamless as I thought it was going to be. You failed. I had I had a whole spiel in mind, <laughs> but then you got up and were like, "Hey, I'm gonna." I thought you were gonna go to the bathroom, and I was gonna have to vamp for like a minute and a half. Turns out it was like four seconds. I was, I but I panicked. Have, I thought you could have handled that. I could have handled it if I had known it was four seconds. I, I, Signed. If I if I, I but in my brain you. in my brain I was like I'm gonna have to sit here and talk by myself for a minute and a half. <laughs> I just had words and they're all gone out of my brain. <laughs> I signaled to you that I was gonna just grab my notes. <laughs> I thought you were like I'm gonna go take a piss. <laughs> I can't. I, all I see is microphone, pretty much. Uh, oh, saw four. Anyway, <laughs> okay. So you uh, said you liked it better than I saw did. It. I enjoyed it better than than Saw three. Okay. Uh, I thought in parts it really showed um, some weaknesses. Like they brought back some of the editing from Saw one and two, the editing techniques, mm-hmm. and they were way worse in this one. Yeah. But uh, overall, I enjoyed the the. The whole plot, I think, a little bit more. I thought it was a little tighter, with the exception of the huge... Well, there were several times in this movie where we paused and we're like, wait, what's going on? Yes, very much so. And I still, in my head, a lot of things I'm trying to figure out. So I guess, we I don't, do we okay. start going into intricacies? Let me, let me start with the story. So... My friends and I one time went and saw Boogeyman. Do you remember Boogeyman? Yes. It was a really, really shitty movie. So mad. It is not, it is not a good movie. Yes. My best friend defends that it is a good movie. And he has one reason for saying that it is a good movie. Because he's a moron? He says because it made sense. Because there's like a split second at the end of the movie where you realize the Boogeyman was like... The action figure that was next to the kid's bed the whole time. Okay. And he's like, well, it made sense because it was always there. And I'm like, fuck you, it's still bad. I ha- I feel like I just had that same experience with Saw 4. Okay. Because I have in my notes here for Saw 3, the second note I have is, are we supposed to be suspecting the forensic guy who turned out to be the bad guy in this movie? Mm-hmm. I think that's the entire reason why I enjoyed this movie. Is because you... they because they set it up in the last one mm-hmm. and I applaud that because the in the last one there were like it was like when they were it was during the uh, the chains scene uh, they were like going through and everything and I was like oh here's our new 
protagonist, which was Rig, which turned out not to be the protagonist in that movie. They were, again, setting up for the next one. Mm -hmm. And uh, they kept cutting to, like, weird shots of the other detective. Uh, and I was like, are we supposed to be suspecting this guy? This is weird. They're, they're putting this on pretty heavy handed mm-hmm. and then nothing the whole rest of the movie, which in hindsight, that's actually cooler too. Cause it would be a year. Right. <laughs> like they yeah. were setting it up. It's a not, year. it's not a double feature in one night. Exactly. Yeah. It's a, it's a year apart. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think that's why I enjoyed it. I don't, I think without that, I probably would be yelling into this microphone right now. Because there were some really frustrating parts. There, so there were, but I don't know, and I, I'm saying that that I, I really don't know. I don't know how much of that is the movie and how much of it's on the viewer. But this, so the movie, this is starting to get. When I said like it was convoluted mm-hmm. and confusing, yeah. this is exactly when it starts. Yeah. So you have three more movies of this. Well, feeling it's not like the entire plot of the quadrilogy is convoluted. I can get past that. It's that the movie itself, just as an entity, mm-hmm. I don't think told it what it needed to tell very well. Um, it's so complicated. It's, like there's it's complicated, so... but even without it being complicated, like at the beginning, uh, when when Rig uh, gets cat gets captured and he wakes up, and then there's the woman in the living room in that machine. Uh, they go through that, and then the the cops come to look at the scene, and everyone is trying. Is everyone is convinced that Rig is a part of this? Mm-hmm. That Rig is the accomplice. He is the one who has been helping Jigsaw this entire time. Mm-hmm. Then when we go to the second one, the the motel guy. Now everything is Rig is not the accomplice. He's being manipulated to become. The next jigsaw. Okay. And it's not like it it was hard and fast both ways. So there was no there was nothing for the audience to 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 hold on to there. There was nothing that like because I was yelling at the screen, obviously he's not the guy, and I didn't think that there was enough there for the cops to necessarily say that he was the guy. And now they're saying the he's not the guy. At the beginning? Yeah. I mean, it was in his apartment. There was the dead body of who 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 else would they think it would be? I mean, that would that I think that's exactly what the cops would think. If the cops showed up at your house and they found a dead body and you're not there, you're probably going to be the first person they're looking for. But I don't know the the pictures in the apartment and everything um they knew he had a wife. Who's missing? The scene that they had staged looked staged. And like I think th- it would, it would. But didn't the main FBI guy even say that? Well, the main FBI guy in other places in this movie makes, well, even in that scene, makes leaps of logic, out and on the just one by one that he's right about real fast. Yeah, yeah. like the the he he. Happens to go look at him up here and put the light on the the paint that says four walls make a home. And then looks at all the pictures and goes, well, who's the one that's, what's not on these things? And he pulls off uh, 
Jigsaw's ex-wife off of each one, no, and he, he's here's four pictures. The one, yeah, that yeah, and he puts it all together. Forward. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not going to disagree with that. But he's also the one who is convinced in that scene that Rig is a willing accomplice, and then in the next FBI scene, is is totally convinced the other way, and there's no transition. Mm-hmm. There's nothing. It's full stop both times. There's nothing like, oh, I wonder if maybe he's been manipulated. It's no. He is manipulated or he is the accomplice. Yeah. I think the argument would be made that he explains why he changed his mind when he gets to like the hotel scene. However, he says, look, these things are not directed to Jared from Subway. They're directed at Rig. Right. I think is where he makes that determination. Um, Can I just say like as a fat guy, I'm offended that fat guys are always lonely, creepy and rapey in movies. I'm glad that you added the in movies at the end. <laughs> <'Cause I> thought, <laughs> uh, it's in oh, there's a there's a child killer. Oh, it's always the the fat guy, or up oh, someone's getting rapey. Oh, it's the fat guy because he can't get laid without rape. Well, I mean, he could just be a bad person. Yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, fat guy can fat guys can be bad people also. Yes, I just feel like they're kind of typecast. It so I think. I don't know if it's a typecasting or if it's more of like uh, giving a character a unique look like because it's easy to be like the fat guy. He looks different than the rest. And that's something that I think this series doesn't do great because you look at Carrie Elwes, you look at uh, Wahlberg, uh, you look at Hoffman in these films, even the couple of the, uh, the female leads. Right. Like all of them kind of look generic like they all do fine yeah but i think like carrie was her name in, in the mm-hmm. first three she died with the rib cage thing right and then like lorenzo or whatever her name was in this one uh the female yeah perez perez i don't know but, but anyway my point is is they both kind of look generically similar in that they're either white or hispanic dark curly hair kind of thin right okay and i think they're white or hispanic there's two of them one is white one is hispanic (laughs) my point is it's that's not really a type (laughs) yeah it is you see remember seinfeld when they thought elaine was hispanic anyway i think that they're generically like close together you know what i mean like like when matt graining groaning groaning graining graining you know He's famously said, like, when he creates characters, he wants the silhouette of them to be differentiate from one another. Right. And, like, there's no silhouettes of these, for the most part, for these characters that you can differentiate who's who. Some of that's on purpose. Like, I didn't realize at the beginning that the guy who had his mouth sewn shut was the lawyer. Yeah, I didn't. Even after we were seeing the lawyer. And I think that was great because they didn't hide it at all. Right. I mean, they put a they put a cap on him. No, but even when you saw the lawyer, yeah, like you, you, when you he was being a lawyer, I had forgotten about that scene existed. Right. At the very, I forgot that that existed, mm-hmm. and then it was the movie one when it's like, hey, you were already shown at the very beginning who this guy was. Yeah, uh, like they show the the scar on his face, and I was like, oh, I wonder how he got that. Like, yeah, I couldn't figure it out either. Um, anyway, so so that's my little thing that I feel like the the casting is kind of generic. The question that I have about Rig, 
is and the FBI guy who got locked at the end. He mm-hmm. got locked in the room. What did they what did the FBI guy do wrong? The FBI guy got obsessed. Oh, the FBI wait. The FBI guy and the FBI female. What did either one of them do wrong to be I... part of this game or to get hurt? Okay? And then yeah. Because presumably this is still Jigsaw, because the end of this movie is the same end as 3. Yes. So this is still still Jigsaw. And he, like, tells Perez, or or as if that's her name, to get closer to get exploded. Like, she didn't do anything. And even Riggs' sins are pretty minimal. Like, he got obsessed. Maybe his wife was considering leaving him. Like, Mm -hmm. it wasn't... All in all, that's not that... But, like, to, to go through those things, that's totally different than... Than Jared from Subway and 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 a lot of the other characters that right. did legit bad things. Like I, I think Rig was a pretty innocent victim here. Rig, yeah, he was he was more trying to teach him the lesson because you know the at the end he killed them by going through the unsecured door and never go through an unsecured door and things like that. He uh, he hurt the people in his life because he obsessed over saving the lives of others which i don't know seems more noble than you know what junkies and murderers and rapists that yeah, i feel like usually toils in i feel like if you try to go to bat for jigsaw like there's way better people that he could which, choose to try to dick with which this movie totally tries to do this movie is jigsaw's <laughs> origin story yes so you see everything that that made Jigsaw Jigsaw. Which I think it does a good job of. Like, they figured out a way to make him in there when he should be dead because you don't realize that it's a side quill right. until the end. But uh, it was something that I had a rough pill. There was a rough pill to swallow was the fact that Rig was supposed to be doing something wrong throughout this, which I don't buy that he's going to. Justin's been anticipating sneezing for, like... <laughs> A long time. It never right came. There. <laughs> it, it feels funny. I don't like the feeling of a sneeze that doesn't happen. It I you anticipated sneezing longer, and I had to make sure that I kept going longer than it took me to get up earlier. Yeah, <laughs> and we both failed. At least you could see me. You didn't just disappear behind. I a signaled wall. to you. I was going to go get my notes. Um. Who who was the bald guy at the very beginning? Because what if lawyer would have, yeah, exactly. died? This I guess goes back I guess to our discussion gu- in the last one or, that Jigsaw's like he can't have contingency plans. His, his everything works out for him. Or or bald guy would have been the one, maybe that was doing whatever lawyer was doing. Because at the end, you see that he hasn't been converted. He's not willingly doing this. He has a contraption on his back yes. that's gonna sever his spine or something. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Maybe probably either one of them, or if they both died, I don't know. Yeah, but we don't. We didn't know who bald guy was, right? Eyes not that I'm aware. Of. Okay, he just seemed like a big dude. Yeah, uh, yeah. I imagine it'll probably come up somewhere because. So we started to talk about this. Like, I feel like as confused as we were at points, mm-hmm. I feel like all the answers are there. Like, I feel like whether or not they do it successfully enough that you can follow it necessarily, right. and you definitely can't do it, like, on a first viewing, and, like, can you imagine walking into the theater and, like, 
sitting down and watching this without the ability to pause or talk to one another or have watched the other movies recently. Because yeah. like I said, there were several times where we paused, talked to each other. There were parts where we rewound because, you know, one of us was saying something snarky and we missed like a line or something. Um, Which are see all like you never know when something like important is going to be said. No, there's and still like the second address. I don't. I still I don't, don't understand. understand. I don't understand that. And I don't. What was the first address? And I don't know where she got address? the key. Yeah, the key. And I feel like those answers are there. I really do feel like it's like, there. I assume she got it off of the puppet, but I don't know. Like she, her face gets the explode shrapnel in her face, which by the way goes around her face nothing to touch the beautiful face it's all just forehead and and neck. cheek she got a neck too yeah uh but yeah she hands him the key that looked an awful lot like the key that amanda was wearing to unlock the contraption on lynn's neck from the last movie yes so i don't know um do you do you agree with me that do you feel like the movie does have the answers in there somewhere? Like, I feel I, like it's, I would hope so. I, I feel like it, as many things as are in there and I don't know. I keep feeling like I want to say the word smart script. I think it is because it definitely isn't like, this isn't a slasher movie that expects that like you can sit back and not think like, right. That definitely is anticipating you, following along and kind of hanging on every word mm-hmm. uh that's kind of i would argue is almost its fault is that it anticipates you being so with it and following everything so much it ex- yeah that each movie expects you to know every detail from all the previous movies uh at the very beginning when they were doing like starting the autopsy for him mm-hmm. like i was almost expecting like a a tape recorder to fall out of his skull or something like yeah. And it was pretty close. Yeah. Like, and I knew it wasn't going to happen, but there seriously was a moment like when they peeled it back that I was expecting a note, like somehow he had placed it inside of his brain or something. Right. And that's one thing we didn't talk about, Jigsaw's dong. We love talking about penises on this podcast. <laughs> I was not going to do it. <laughs> it was not necessary. Go ahead. What do You're you got to- You're the bigger person. What have you got to say? I don't know. If there was <laughs> there was one shot where you see it a lot. It's just there, and then the shot does not go away. It lingers, which was I thought was funny because when they're doing the credits, they're like going up his leg, and then right when you get to genital triangle, boom, fade to black, more titles. Then you come back in your stomach, and I was like, they're not going to show his dung, and then they do, and then they do a lot. <laughs> And then they put we, a towel over it. And we couldn't, like, well, you couldn't let it go by, apparently. No, because <laughs> it's in two separate shots, and then they put a towel over it. Like, you don't even need the towel at that point. You've, you, it's been on air, it's been on the screen for, like, the last ten seconds. Mm-hmm. It, it's a distraction. <laughs> when I see someone's dong, I have to compare it in my brain. Okay. one. Okay. Um, the, when they're doing the flashback and they show his wife and him, like he's showing her his building that he ends up turning into his dungeon, the workshop, the workshop. Yeah. She walks in and she says, Oh, this is exactly what you've been looking for. Mm-hmm. 
what was he looking for? Like, I don't think it's when they started that process, he was like, I need a workshop to create things to kill people. It was just because he was an engineer and he wanted a Yeah, I think it, he's just an engineer and he's a tinkerer. He likes to, to build things and he wanted a big space to, to be able to do that. Like, I underst- like that would be the perfect space for Jigsaw. But for Jaw or John, like like when they're still married and like we're gonna have a baby, like I'm envisioning walking into like this creepy ass building, which yeah, he, I think the outside, like I think the listing from the realtor said creepy ass building, definitely, and <laughs> it has millions of rooms with creepy doors and junk still laying around in it. Wait, is the is his building? I guess it was the thing from Jeff the whole time. Because I, I just assumed it was always just, like, those two rooms. Like, it was, like, the main room and then the little back room where the uh, the glass thing was. No. Which, by the way, was that a was that a trap that I we were supposed to see? He just had, like, a plexiglass box yeah. full of broken glass. Yeah. I, I don't remember gonna, that. I don't think we have seen it. It's probably setting up for something else that he's... Which, that would have been, like, his second yeah. kill or something. Yeah. Um... But no, the building, remember, is huge because pretty much everything we've seen has taken place in the building. Like the second right, movie. The, the the Gideon building, but was his workshop the Gideon building? It's the second address. <laughs> no, the school was the second address. <laughs> no, the school was the first address. No, the second address was... School, no, they were at the school when they got the second address. Yeah, but she says this. it's owned by, it's co-owned by Jill Tuck. And oh, it's yeah. this it's address. This building. It's this building. And they were in the school. And then we had like a three minute conversation. Yeah, about what the fuck? <laughs> what was the second address? It turns out it was the school. What was the first address? Why were they anticipating a second address? What, Who was giving them the second address? What address were they looking for? Like, was the first address Riggs' apartment? I don't know. But, and I, I, still, know. I still would argue those answers are there. It's just so thick and heavy that, like, Maybe. You, you need like flow charts and things to go through and do it. It's like, this is the inception of, of slasher movies in that. Like it takes you like your mental capacity to, to be able to follow what's happening. Except these movies all let you off the hook at the end by by replaying the entire movie and all the movies that came before it to show you all the places where this all makes sense. Uh, not enough. Still, <laughs> Obviously, there's still questions that I have in my head, but I'm still putting that on myself. Yeah. With that, the uh, so there's two new writers for this movie, mm-hmm. um, and they will see more from them. Like they're kind of uh, have been for a little while, and they're becoming more so like a pair of go-to guys in the world of horror. Um, there's things that they've had that have fallen through. Like they were going to think they were going to do a Hellraiser remake. They were hired to do a new Halloween movie and things like that, mm-hmm. that for various reasons, things haven't worked out. Yeah. Um, they've got a few movies that uh, they've written together and one of them's directed and things like that. So those names are going to come up more on this podcast, but just so you know, it's uh, those are going to be guys that I think we're going to, I think that they may have finished out the whole series or at least close to it. Cool. Um, so their names Marcus Dunstan and Patrick Melton, um, yeah. but there's uh, other stuff that we're going to be seeing from them, both that I know of and just looking into my crystal ball of what I expect. Mm-hmm. Those are going to be names that uh, people are going to need to watch for. Cool. Um, 
What else you got? Um, I think that's about it. I like I said, I liked it more, even though it was somehow less coherent. But I think overall, it's so far it makes sense, even if little pieces from that movie didn't. Yes, I agree. All right, All right. let's go do Saw Five. <laughs>